Hello and welcome to Tantric Shaman. I am Winter, your host. I help people give themselves permission to be themselves, to be who they are, to embrace their humanness, to embrace their messiness, to embrace their divinity, to embrace their wild, to embrace their power, and to embrace the surrender of who they think they should be or need to be for anyone else. This is a space where you can lay down your mask, you can lay down your armor, you can lay down your shield, take a deep breath, and relax. I deeply appreciate you being here. Let's begin. Hello, my loves. Happy 2024. Happy recent new moon in Capricorn. I feel like the first quarter of the year is one of my favorite times of year. It feels like a reprieve from the holidays that we had to make our way through, half slogging our way through, half really enjoying our time spent with those that we we love and cherish and hold dear. And it's like, it, it becomes such a blur that by the time we get to the beginning of the following year, we get a moment to breathe. And for those of you who are in the know, We have multiple beginnings to 2024, right? So we have the Gregorian beginning of January 1st of New Year's Day. We have the the new moon, the first new moon of the year. So a lunar beginning. We also have the lunar new year, which is on February 10th. And then of course, we have the the spring equinox in March, which is the astrological new year, right? Because Aries is the first of the zodiac signs. But the reason why I am just putting some appreciation on this, on the multitude of new beginnings that we have in a new year is because it's a really beautiful reminder that it's never too late. <laughs> you can always begin again, right? And I really I really took that to heart um, for the beginning of 2024 because um, the end of December, at the end of December, I sat with Mama Aya with ayahuasca a second time. I was not anticipating doing that. 
And for those of you who listened to one of the previous episodes about the first time I sat in ayahuasca back in August for the Divine Feminine Ceremony, I really thought that I was done. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I had the experience. It was an absolutely amazing experience. And when you have experiences like that, where they're just kind of mind blowing, right? You really do hesitate to do it again. (laughs) Because you're like, like, it was such a pinnacle experience, right? It's like, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment by trying it again. And like, in not living up to whatever previous, you know, experience, expectation, however you want to say it. So I was like, yeah, I am, I am good. Um, I will leave myself open to doing it again if I feel the call, like if I feel her calling me again. So imagine my surprise after I was initiated into Tantra and I had started um, weaving Tantric practices into my offerings and sharing it with my community that I would get the call again. Now, she wasn't, it wasn't as dramatic as it was the first time, like the first time I received the call, my fingers are doing air quotes, when I was getting a tarot reading about love. And um, the reader said, ayahuasca is coming through for you, which is really odd because, um, you know, this is something that I'm interested in, but I'm, you know, this reading is about you. And this message is clearly for you. And I automatically knew what was going on. It was not as dramatic as that. She was much more quiet about it the second time that she invited me to dance with her. And when I felt into why, like, why am I doing this again? Because when you sit for plant medicine, such as ayahuasca, it's no light task. You don't just like make up your mind one day and then go and do it. I mean, there may be places out there where you can do it like that, but reputable, trustworthy, honorable facilitators and organizations will make you follow a dieta which is at minimum, I believe, like two weeks of elimination diet. The ideal situation is to like have at least three, four weeks, like a month of elimination of all sorts of substances, like no alcohol, no smoking weed, um, eating clean, no fried foods, um, know any other kinds of drugs, like uh, no heart, you know, no pharmaceutical stuff, um, no street drugs. And 
which for me was really easy because I'm like, I don't do any of that stuff anyway. I'm sober um, with the exception of caffeine that I get from matcha. Um, it is a, a big thing about sacrificing beef and pork and chicken and and fish. Like you basically, it's ideal to do vegetarian. Um, I think at minimum you could probably do fish or um, chicken, right? If it's organic. Anyway, I digress. My point is, is that it's it takes a lot of prep. So to decide to do it again is not a light decision. So I was just like, why are you calling me back? And she was like, there's a calibration that needs to be done. You've been initiated into Tantra. You know, these are energies that you're working very deeply and intensely with, and you're helping others navigate these energies. And, um, you know, we just need to sort you out so that you can go forth into the world with this new framework. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And um, I signed up. I did the prep. And I showed up on the mat. And I also noticed that, and it was during Mercury Retrograde, right? So I noticed that there were some X's that were popping up. And um, the other thing about doing a dieta for ayahuasca is about you have to be very mindful about what you consume and who you're in contact with, right? Because the whole idea is to get your energy like as clean, as pure as possible when you come to the mat because it just makes the journey easier. Like food-wise, it helps with um, purging. It also – you also don't want to have anything in your system that will – um, interact negatively with ayahuasca because there are some um, medicines and things like herbs that will, um, when combined with ayahuasca in your system, they can kill you. So you have to be really careful. Um, so I was being super mindful about like, you know, what I was watching for movies and TV shows, keeping it light and happy and entertaining and nothing dark or scary or super serious. So when the X's started popping up, I was just like, yeah, no. <laughs> but um, it was also about closing out cycles at that time of the year as well. So I showed up on the map and I sat with her for two nights so this will make four times total that I've sat with her. So the first night, I remembered the first time I sat with her and how long it took the dose to kick in. I'm a slow metabolizer. And the medicine woman was, was mentioning that before we got our doses. So I knew that I was just going to be good with the one dose and not to go for a second dose because that's what brought me to the edges of reality last time. So I went up, I got my dose. And I wasn't sure what to expect because sometimes you can go sit 
again with her and not experience anything. So I was fully prepared just in case I didn't want to go in with any assumptions, except I did have a plan, <laughs> right? Me and my ego had a plan. My plan was to ask in the medicine, ask the plant a bunch of questions because it worked last time. So I'd be able to do it again this time, right? That was the only thing that I had in mind to do. So I could feel the medicine begin to kick in. This time it was from like a foot. Instead of head to toe, it was toe to head. So the sensation of the medicine started at my feet. My feet got very warm and I was like, huh, I don't have a heater and it's actually very cool in here. Like it's cold in here. So this must be um, her kicking in. So the, the warmth spread from my feet along my legs um, and then throughout my whole body. And I could start to see visuals when I closed my eyes. But when I opened my eyes, I didn't see anything. I'm like, perfect. This is exactly where I want to be. Like, I'm happy to see the show <laughs> when my eyes are closed. But I'd rather have the actual room around me when my eyes are open. So when I saw the visuals and I felt the sensation of warmth, I began to talk to her. And I was like, hi, I'm back. And she's like, yes, I can see that. And um, the other thing was that first night on the mat, I had my moon. I was at the tail end of my moon. And she, my moon loves to do this. She loves to show up for ceremony. I got very lucky though, because she just showed up for the first night, but then she was gone by the second night. So I got to experience the medicine with my moon and without my moon, which I felt was very interesting for me, just like data wise, Gemini loves data. So, um, I start trying to talk to her and ask her questions like, Hey, so I've been on this path of Tantra and I've been initiated and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and she starts showing me like, um, these tribal looking like patterns behind my eyes. I was like, yeah. And so I had some questions about, you know, what this calibration is that's going on. And then she showed me um, like really crazy, like scary looking clowns, like in a pattern. I'm like, what is going on right now? And, um, and then at the same time, I was feeling sensation around my lower belly, around my womb space. And I was wearing the mapacho, the tobacco that they give you to protect your womb space because when you're on your moon and in the medicine, you're very open, right? So they give you some tobacco to protect that space. They put it in a little pouch, they tie it around your waist and the little pouch goes over your womb. And um, I felt such a strong sensation in that area that I was just like, hey, is everything okay? I'm wearing the mapacho but something, it feels like something's definitely going on. And she's like, oh, I'm just cleaning up house in here. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's just like cleaning out the energy that you've accumulated in your womb space from situations, from generations, from the clowns you dated. <laughs> I was like, she's like, and I know that you're still on that dating app when I told you not to go on it. And I was just like, uh. <laughs> and she's like, how's that going for you? I'm like, not so great. And she's like, well, told you so. I'm like, okay. Can I ask you questions? Because there are some things I would really love to know. And she's just like, yes, later. I'll answer questions later. Right now, I really need to reset your womb space. I was like, okay, fine. So she, um, that was all of the first night, just her really like, going to work in there and the sensation, the best I can describe it was, uh, it didn't feel like I had cramps, but I could feel a distinct as though someone was like wiping or like not, not as harsh as scraping, but like wiping down the insides of my uterus. It was crazy. Um, and then finally she was done. They called for a second cup. I asked her, I'm like, am I getting a second dose? She's like, nope, you're good where you are. I was like, okay, fine. So I stayed on my mat. And um, we just continued to talk about, she was talking to me about how when you're a woman, you're a vessel and you can accumulate stuff in your room space is not just from lovers or partners, but just from life in general. Um, and how, like she was stressing the importance of, of keeping that space clear and to do that, being very mindful of what, what you're consuming when you're on your moon, because that is a very open, powerful time. So for any, um, for any women who might be listening to this with or without wombs, um, hopefully this is helpful for you to know as well. Um, in the way that you, you honor that time of your cycle and like what you do for yourself in that, the time of your cycle. So, um, it's really important to, you know, reduce stress, not get involved in drama, like anything that might drain you energetically or emotionally try to avoid during your moon because you're so open at that time that it will actually uh take on those energies right so that was the first night there was a morning ceremony saturday morning ceremony i again um, did not participate. Part of me definitely wanted to because all the other participants were doing it this time. 
it was a small, we had a small group this time. It was me and three other people. And there were, so it was two women and two men. And it was my first time doing a, a mixed group. Um, and it was, it was definitely interesting having male energy in the room. Um, interesting in a good way. Like I wasn't sure how it was going to, how it was going to be, but the male energy in the room, um, especially the light workers, um, the guardians who like hold the space and see if anyone needs anything. Um, they were definitely channeling divine masculine energy, which felt just very comforting and safe and secure. So, uh, the second night, um, I, well, let me backtrack a little bit. So that morning ceremony, part of me wanted to do it because everyone else is doing it. <laughs> I didn't want to have FOMO. And I checked with her. I checked with my higher self. I checked with both of them three times. Are you sure that not taking the medicine this morning is for my highest good? I Three times they told me no. No medicine for you. So what I, my takeaway from that was, was because I was experiencing FOMO, my lesson was to sit there on the mat while everyone else was in the medicine, let the music reactivate the medicine that was already in my system and just journal and integrate the messages that I received from the night before. So I did that. And I was also able to nap a little bit because when you're on the medicine, it takes a lot of energy and you're up until, oh, until like almost midnight. Um, and it starts like at 7 PM. So it's like five hours. It's a lot. So I did that the morning ceremony finished and there was a break. So we we're all like hanging out, napping. Um, we were able to eat for a little bit, but not, you know, for too long because then we had to start fasting again before the next round of, um, ceremony. So in that time frame of just like hanging out and journaling and just like witnessing the group and all that, I came to the decision that the next time I'm in ceremony, I don't want to sit on the mat. I want to be a light worker. I want to help support, facilitate. Um, basically, I want to help other people's experiences on the map by like being there for them and setting up the space and, and all that stuff. I decided to go to the medicine woman and tell her this, like, hey, um, in the future, I want to do this instead of that. And she looked me right in the eye and said, I feel like you would be a really excellent facilitator. And I was like, oh, that feels really big and scary, but thank you for seeing that in me. And I put that away. Um, that was nowhere on my radar. I was just like light worker, you know, person in the background helping out with the other volunteers, totally down to do that. So, we got ready to sit for the second night and um, I had some hape when I was hanging out with them during the break 
and um, I had a little bit more hape. And hape is the Amazonian uh, snuff that's blown up your nose. Um, it can be used for meditation, for resetting your your headspace and your energy. Um, it's another form of mes- medicine that is used in that can be used in conjunction with ayahuasca. So um, they offered me hape again, and I said, okay, and I asked for the Jaguar one. <laughs> and the Jaguar one knocked me on my butt, and I, and I heard Jaguar speaking in my ear. Um, when I say knocked me on my butt, like my eyes were closed when they were blowing the snuff up my nose, and I felt like I was tumbling through space, and then the uh, co-facilitator put her hands on my shoulders to ground me. And I was like, okay, I know which way is up now. (laughs) Um, but it was, it was strong. Plus I had not had hoppe twice in a row, even though it was like some hours apart. And I almost got so sick from it that I thought I would not be able to, um, go into the ayahuasca again. But between breathing and accepting like, okay, I may purge, whatever. Um, eventually the hape settled in to my body and I was able to take, um, the first dose and the only dose. Um, because when you're taking these doses, they build upon one another, right? So I take the, ayahuasca and I go sit on my mat and I could feel it reactivating the ayahuasca from the night before. And once I feel it like wash over me, I lay back and I'm just breathing and focusing on the music and I feel myself being squeezed like all over, like as though I'm in a I can't even describe it like in a tube or something and it's like pulsing and I opened my eyes a little bit just to make sure there was no one (laughs) like near me like squeezing me it felt like a hug but like a hug all over my body and so no one was there of course and I closed my eyes again and I just focused on the sensation of being squeezed around from all sides and I saw that I was in a tunnel it was a um like a tunnel inside of a being, um, like a canal. Um, and I asked, I'm like, where am I? And it's like, you're in the birth canal of the great mother. And I could see like flashes of purple, like muted lightning happening around me. I was like, okay. And so I just surrendered to it and I was pushed out of the canal into this massive, massive cave. Like my brain could not even fathom the size of it because on the cave floor were millions of skulls just lining the cave floor. And I was flying over them. And at first I was alarmed because I thought I was headed for them. And, it, and then I realized, no, I'm actually soaring up and over the field of skulls. And as I was flying, I asked them, like, what's that all about? And it's like, this is everything you're leaving behind. 
So I was flying and then at one point I stopped flying and there was um, the gong for second cup and I asked, do I go up? And I said, nope, stay here. And I decided to switch my position on my mat. So where my head was before and my feet were, I moved it so that my head where my feet were previously. So my head was basically facing the, um, the altar. And I wanted to see what it would feel like energetically to be facing in the other direction. And as soon as I laid down, I realized that I was in the exact position as though I had just given birth to myself. And I could feel the music like waves over my body. And there was a, a wonderful guitarist there um, who was using like a feedback, like a loop machine. Um, and I was seeing these wonderful visuals while he was playing like very specific visuals for each song. Like I could tell when the song would change and it would be a new like scene unfolding. And um, the first song, it was like, I could see the mitochondria in my blood, like the water part of them, like dancing around, moving with the music, with the, um, the notes that he was playing. And then with the second song, I saw these ancient, ancient stone temple stairs, like thousands of them carved with an ancient inscription that I could not understand. It was some ling language I'd never seen before. And those the stairs were arranged in like a circular pattern. It seemed like part circle. I had to like zoom out because I asked, what is this? And my vision got zoomed out so I could see the whole thing in its entirety. And the stone stairs created petals of a rose that were moving. The stone stairs of the rose petals were moving along with the music that he was playing. It was beautiful. And so the music shifted and another song came on in which I thought I heard the name of my Arisha, my African deity, Yamaya. And I was in the medicine, like astounded. I was like, wait, how do they know about Yamaya? Like hardly, I don't want to say hardly anyone, but a lot of people don't know about her unless they're a person of color um, and who are familiar with like that diaspora, like in those deities of like those regions, which I'm usually the one educating people on that. And I was like, this can't be happening. <laughs> like, I can't be hearing her song right now. Like, and then I heard her name stated very clearly in the song. And I was like, okay, that does it. That does it. That means she's here. So I took a chance. I was like, Yama, yeah, are you here? And I saw this beautiful waterfall of liquid blue glitter pouring down and it started to wash over me and she's like yes i'm here i'm like what are you doing here <laughs> 
because um, it was my first time like encountering like a deity under the medicine. I've encountered deities before in my dream time and while channeling, but this was the first time while working with Aya. And I asked her, what are you doing here? And she's like, I need to show you something about your father. And I was like, are we really doing like family stuff right now? Because <laughs> she's like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. There's something that you're not seeing about him and his energy, like who he was. So she started me showing scenes. And the first scene that she showed me was him standing uh, at the ocean's edge. He was alone. I don't know wh what beach it was. But when I saw him at the water's edge, I began to cry. Because it reminded me of when I stand at the river's edge or the creek's edge or any body of water's edge and I speak to her. And I asked her, I'm like, was he crowned by you? Like, did you claim him? as your son, because Orishas will claim people that they want to be connected to, that they want to uh, work with. She, Yamaya, claimed me years ago um, when I was um, in a long-term partnership and we were trying to become pregnant. That's when she claimed me and she has been with me ever since. But I asked her this, and she said, yes, me and Oshun. So my dad was double-crowned, which is n not common. And I said, okay. Uh, Oshun is an Arisha of the river, rivers and creeks, and Yamaya is the Arisha of the ocean. But... Yamaya is also considered to be the Arisha of all bodies of water, and Oshun is her sister. So the next scene that she showed me was my father drumming on his kunga drums in like a gathering in a circle. And I told her, I'm like, I know I'm familiar with this, although he never told me about it, but my mother was the one who told me that he used to drum in Santeria circles. And he would go into trance and drum so hard that he would bleed. As he was drumming, his hands would bleed onto the drums. And when you go into trance in those kinds of circles, it's usually because an orisha is coming over you. And they call it writing. An orisha is writing you. And she's like, yes. This is something that he practiced. And she's like, your father walks two worlds. and Or your father walked two worlds. He, he passed some time ago. Your father walked two worlds and he enjoyed it very much. Your mother walks two worlds, but she's not so fond of it. She's like, you, work, you walk two worlds too in... in many different ways. I'm like, I know. And then the last scene that she showed me was the powwows. We would go to powwows every summer. My dad made sure to bring us to them. It started when we were very young. Um, I can't remember the age that I started, but I think I want to say like I was like 11 
or 12. It was probably around the same time that I was like asking about like our ethnicity, our background and stuff like that. So um, he would bring us to the powwows and we would get there very early in the morning, right? As they were setting up the tents and the circle and the dance circle and the vendors with their um, food stations, they would have all the traditional foods there. So that's where I first had venison and fry bread and gator tail and, and all of those things. And as a kid, I was allowed to pick out like whatever books I wanted to read. I was such a bookworm. Um, I read voraciously and I would always choose like these Native American folk tales because I loved how they had the languages from different tribes in them. And I would make myself a little glossary and teach myself the language, very Gemini, <laughs> so that I could try to speak it. Um, and eventually at one point I was allowed to pick out a piece of jewelry for myself and I chose a, a bone choker with um, blue, green, and white seed beading on it. Beautiful beadwork. There's horsetail. And um, yeah, it's just a beautiful piece. But by the time I think I was, I was allowed to pick that out was also around the time I was like, I think near graduating high school. And uh, I started checking out the dancers. <laughs> And they started checking me out. And I think my dad noticed. I was like, okay, this is your last powwow. <laughs> but um, for those of you who are curious, my Native American lineage is Chickasaw. So she showed me the powwow scene. And Yamaya told me, she's like, you have ceremony in your blood. It's in your DNA, like it's literally in your DNA. And your father, you know, had a lineage of communicating with the spirits and participating in ceremony and helping to create sacred space so that communication and healing could take place. And it's up to you if you want to continue that lineage. And when she said that, it was like all these pieces were falling into place and I started to cry and I realized that like everything that I have, have been doing in my life up until this point was preparing me for this. And it was like, I get it. Like I, I, I really get it now. <laughs> um, so that, that just broke me wide open. And by the time the medicine wore off, I went back to the medicine woman and I told her, you might be onto something. And I told her about the visions I had under the medicine. And I was uh, invited to train as a ayahuasca facilitator so and plant medicine facilitator in general so ayahuasca psilocybin all those things 
Um, so it's it's a it's a lot. It's huge. Um, I'm still even. What is this? Two weeks later out of the medicine. I'm still digesting it in my body and my energy field and my nervous system. Um, but never has something rang so true. I feel most at home in ceremonial spaces. It's second nature to me. I love it so much. And to be able to get trained in a medicine that I've been working with and to be able to become a, a plant ally. I know we usually think of plants as our allies for, for wellness and healing and things like that. And I've been working with plants for years for immunity and women's health and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like truly in this part of the journey, I'm becoming an ally for the plant because she, Aya, just has so much love and healing to offer. And I know that there's so many people out there who are curious. I run into them all the time, <laughs> usually when I'm on my way back or to a ceremony and tell them like, oh, I'm preparing, I'm in a dieta, or oh, I just came back and I'm integrating. And people from all walks, um, from all backgrounds, people of, of all nations ask me, what was it like? Or if they catch me before I'm going in, tell me what it was like when you come back. And I feel like so much amazing healing could be done through this medicine, through community that it can really shift the vibration of the planet, but only if you're open to it, <laughs> right? Only if you're open to it. That's the biggest piece right there. Um, I have, of course, encountered a lot of people who are like, oh, I could never, I had a bad mushroom trip once, or I had a bad acid trip once, and da, da, da. And so I've started getting curious and asking them, like, well, what happened? Tell me about it, if you want to share. Like, tell me what your, what, like, why was it a bad trip? Or why was it a bad experience? And... what i hear is usually like it's a recreational experience and there was no sacred space set up for it there was no intention set for the plant so when you don't have an intention set for a plant that you're about to work with that means that you probably don't have a relationship with it which also probably means that you don't have a sacred space you don't have an energetic container in which to work with that plant so all of those factors means that you're leaving yourself, your energy, your psyche wide open to whatever may be hanging out 
watching, <laughs> waiting, no, definitely watching, um, and probably waiting while you do this recreationally. And so then they, these energies have access to you and then you have a terrible trip or, you know, and that's just one perspective, right? I mean, there's lots of factors to consider. There's your mental health, like the emotional state that you're in, um, your diet, right? And this kind of circles back to what I was talking about with the dieta, like all the preparation that goes into it. Um, it's for a good reason. So my feeling is, is if you have experimented with psilocybin before and had a bad experience, just reflect upon the, the setting, the environment, the situation, like reflect upon how it was set up last time and then ask yourself, what would I have changed about it? Like, how could I have made it more intentional? How could I have made it more sacred? How could I maybe have learned more about this plant so that I could feel more connected to it on a heart and soul level, instead of like coming to it from a curiosity and possibly fear-based level? So just some thoughts. I don't know. Take take what, what resonates. <laughs> Leave what, what doesn't, you know? And um, that is all I have to share around my soul adventures with Aya Part 2. There will be more parts coming um, because the next time I participate in ceremony, which is next month, I'm going to be a light worker. So I'm going to be supporting and um, light workers do take a microdose. So it will be another new experience, but this time I get to help set up the space and hold the space for others as they're going through their in-depth journey. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, if you're listening to this still, if you've gotten this far, and if you have any questions about um, ayahuasca, about you know, psilocybin, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram or via email. I'll put all the info in the show notes. I'm in February. I'm going to be opening up spaces to hold uh, integration. For those of you who, you know, are doing it recreationally, that's totally fine. No judgment here whatsoever. Um, but let's say you're doing it recreationally and you've had some experiences and you, and you want to talk about it to like help you integrate, like whatever information or visions you received. Um, I, I'm going to be holding sessions for that now for plant medicine integration. So just dropping that little seed right there. But for now, I love you so, so much. Please be gentle with yourselves love on yourselves and take some time to get your intentions together for 2024 because this is going to be a very powerful year and you don't want it to just fly by that's it for now i'll talk to you soon blessings 
thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I would love to know your thoughts, your feelings, your insights, your sensations, whatever came up for you while you were listening to this transmission. Please, please feel free to reach out anytime regarding this episode or any of the episodes. I would love to hear from you. You can reach out through my Instagram at I am Winter Clark, as all one word, or through my email, winterclarkactivates at gmail.com. Or you can visit my website, IamWinterClark.com, and drop me a note through my contact form. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye.